The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the show here on the Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from sunny Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Sunday, October 17th. Preseason has ended as the Hawks got a dub over the Miami Heat. Many players found their groove like Stella on Thursday night which was a welcome sight for Hawks fans and, and, and myself, obviously, with the season opener just several days away versus Luka Doncic, Krista Porzingis, and the Dallas Mavericks, led by, obviously, Jason Kidd with the big collars and the bowling-style shirt, uh, looking like a barber, looking for some help because uh, he needs a check. He looks, he, those pictures look bad on the Internet. But that's neither here nor there. I have a special guest, my friend, it's here to break down preseason from his vantage point and talk about, obviously, things heading into the regular season. We're going to cover all of this after this plug for my bookie. All right, and we are back. I am jacked up on this Sunday, and my friend is, too. We've had a great conversation before we jumped on. You already know who it is. Alan is back. The Mr. Hoopball, in my opinion. He has been all over the network on YouTube, killing it. Y'all need to check him out. We are going to plug that early and often on this show. But first and foremost, outside of the work, Alan, how are you doing on this Sunday? I appreciate the the very kind words as always. My friend, Brad Harden, thank you for having me back on, man. I'm so, I'm having a great day. I'm just excited to be back on the show, man. Like the last time you and I talked on Hoopball Hawks, it was during... It was, I think, like the Eastern Conference Finals preview show. Probably the most excited I've ever been as a Hawks fan. And I, what's even better is that now that we're preseason pulling up here to the start of the 2021-2022 regular season, I now I'm the most excited I've ever been as a Hawks fan again. I'm still excited. Like, there's so much to talk about, so much to just be in awe of just, you know, in advance. This is just going to be such a fun year, and I can't wait to see how this season goes. And, bro, you're going to have one hell of a podcast. Uh, yeah, because I'm going to continue to try to get some guests, uh, including yourself, here on the show. Uh, it, it's an exciting time to be a Hawks fan, and I know it seemed gloom with the injury report going into training camp and some of the lineups or the lack thereof as far as star power and faces that we want to see on the court throughout the preseason. But we got a taste of almost everybody outside of Okongwu back on Thursday night. Uh, obviously, before I, before I get into the Hawks, you know, shout out to the Braves winning game one. I'm a Cardinals fan. No. Um, but, you know, I, I was happy to see the Braves beat the Dodgers in game one. I like teams that are built, not bought. Uh, we did talk about that on the episode. Mm-hmm. And I know Allen celebrated accordingly yesterday, as you should, as a Braves supporter. Mm-hmm. Big Boss Riley, you know. Big just Boss Riley. Not- 
Yeah, a, a no doubter into left field. Great way to end the night. Um, you know, that was the game that they definitely needed to win. You know, this is a revenge series. Losing in the NLCS last year, those Dodgers. Uh, you know, yeah, you got home field advantage. You're supposed to win game one, but this is the best team in baseball, debatably, on the other side of the, uh, of the mound there. So, yeah, you get got to be happy about that. Braves paving for uh, what we want our young Hawks, what we want for our young Hawks this season. Um, you know, this is uh, it's exciting times in Atlanta sports if you don't care about football. It is <laughs> if you don't care about football. It is extremely exciting times right now here in Atlanta. And uh, uh, just to flex some of my baseball knowledge for anybody out there who just wants to hear it. Uh, I did talk with a friend uh, going into game one yesterday. Obviously, like I said, I'm not a Braves fan. I'm a Cardinals fan. But I said with free pitching and I know that the you know Dodgers started a reliever as their game one starter. I said that if 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 he could go six and a half innings, it bodes Atlanta's chance of winning. Because I was like, you know what? He goes six and a half innings. That's less people they use in the bullpen that they can save for game two. Game one is obviously going to be very, very emotional uh, because of, you know, the Dodgers bouncing them out last year and the, the comeback that, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about in Atlanta. But going six and a half innings, you lose, you use less people in your bullpen as far as relievers. And then they came through in the ninth. So I, I'm glad I was right. In baseball, you know, y'all, y'all can test my baseball knowledge on Twitter. Y'all know what to hit me up. And before I get into the Hawks again, I got to do do this. It's been a hard, hard year for LSU football, but I am so happy. Jason Walker, I love you, man. If, if you're hearing this, you know, we had to beat the Gators down in Death Valley yesterday on a 11 a.m. kickoff time. 49-42, what a game. That's the first time in um, – they show some heart all year. So, you know, we we, we both celebrated accordingly, me and uh, Alan, different establishments. Day. You know, it was a good day yesterday. It was a good day um, yesterday. But back to the Hawks. Like I said, we're not going to talk too much about the last preseason game. Uh, but I did want to say it's the first time we saw everybody, you know, on the court together outside of a Congo, and I'm looking at the numbers now. Obviously, Trey went bonkers, 27 and 15 assist in 30 minutes. Yeesh. Um, in 12 minutes, Clint Capella had a double double. Uh, DeAndre Hunter in 29 minutes, 19 points. Uh, John Collins with a double double, 13 and 11 himself. Bogey only had eight, but that's okay. Herter had 13 off the bench in 22 minutes. He started off slow, but then really kicked it into gear in the second half. Uh, Gorgie, dang. Six points off the bench. Cam Reddish with 12 off the bench. So it was good to see everybody on the court, even though Miami didn't have their starters playing. It was good to see what, and I know me, Alan, me and you talked about this, just to see everybody healthy and play before the season opener uh, against Dallas. And um, I know you, you know, you wanted to talk about some lineups and stuff. So I'm going to give you the floor and just, you know, we're going to have a free flowing conversation about, preseason in general and what to look forward to going into the season opener on Thursday night here in Atlanta versus Dallas and TNT. Yeah, no, I mean, like as far as preseason takeaways go, just, you know, on the whole, the only things that you really should have been looking for as a Hawks fan is the health of DeAndre Hunter and Clint, because apparently he had that Achilles issue that was revealed when training camp opened up that apparently he played through all of last year, which, you know, shout out, uh, <laughs> Could have fooled me. He looked pretty spry all season long. Um, but Hunter and Capella playing in that last game, really just encouraging stuff, especially with Hunter, who's coming off the meniscus surgery. Um, 
an incredibly important piece of what Atlanta does. I mean, he who knows what this team would, would have done with him in that Eastern Conference Finals last season. Um, you know, so really just <laughs> biggest takeaway is just like watching those games or just watching those guys play uh, against Miami on Thursday. I mean, Hunter was, you know, he had a couple of drives to the rim. Uh, just look, he looked he looked fine. You know, they, they were being a little cautious with him, you know, in practices, saying had uh, some soreness in the area, taking a little bit of time off. But it appears that that is all just precautionary stuff. He is going to be in that starting lineup against the Mavs on opening night and is the best news that any Hawks fan could have hoped for in this preseason. The other yeah, stuff. And, and yeah, I, I don't want to jump in real quick. Uh, I'm looking at, I mean, he, he started off hot from the field. At one point, he was 6-7 from the floor, ended 7-12 from the floor, 4-6 from three. And then you add three rebounds, three assists, and a steal. He was plus 26. Um, again, he didn't play their, you know, their best players, but still – it was very encouraging to see him in rhythm, looking good and looking healthy. So I just wanted to throw those numbers out because he he struggled with a shot early in preseason, but we coming back from injury, trying to get back in rhythm, we, uh, we give him a pass. But to see that going into Dallas uh, on Thursday night was a welcoming sight for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and really the only other things that are worth taking away from this preseason action, not just the last game, all the games in general, is that uh, the new guys that we got coming off the bench look pretty good. They are uh, like they. I think they're we're upgraded really in the in both areas that we needed to. Uh, Jang got a lot of playing time. Gorgi Jang got a lot of playing time with Clint. looked just like a just looked like just a solid fit on this t- on this team. Everyone's gonna love watching this dude play. Just you know. Especially if you're into fantasy, <laughs> you know Jang, this fantasy basketball. He is a stout, stout machine, um, but I, I, a fantastic re- a replacement for Okongwu until he's able to come back. And then when he just transitions to being the, our third center on this team, I mean, that that is just some of the best center depth in the NBA with Capella, Okongwu, and Jang. And DeLon Wright, I was, incre- I was thrilled when the Hawks made that trade in the offseason. Shipping out Fernando and Chris Dunn for Tristan Thompson, which freaked me out very briefly until they traded Tristan Thompson to the Kings for Delon. And this man is just everything that you want in a backup point guard. You know, he's a low usage guy. He kind of he's just really more of a more of a, of a game manager who is a very capable defender. Can play next to Trey. He can but he can defer to Herter in those uh, in those in those bench lineups. We're gonna see a lot of those two kind of just sharing point guard responsibility bench and. I think Hawks fans are going to love his versatility this season. He is a fantastic, fantastic get for this unit. Um, and I think not even close is going to be the best point guard to play behind Trey Young since he's been in Atlanta. Oh, 100%. I, I agree with both. Both of those signings, uh, both are vets. Uh, both have played uh, some games here in the NBA. And both are solid in their roles. And I like the fact that uh, Zhang can – extend his range from the basket ability to shoot the three ball as he was a 43% three point shooter last year on both Minnesota and the Spurs. And then you have DeLon Wright, who, you know, like when people are injured in front of him, he can come in and manage the offense and score in his own right. He's a big body. He can defend in multiple positions. So I think 
adding those two vets is just great for this Hawks team. And I'm really excited for when Okongu does come back. And I'm going to ask you, do you foresee some lineups? And I've talked about this, but potentially you put Jang at the five and then just put Okongu at the four and then they can kind of interchange as far as who in, who is in the paint. Uh, obviously, Gorgie can, you know, step out and bring centers out, backup centers out and, you know, knock the three ball down and it gives Okongu range to just get those putbacks and finish around the rim. So do you foresee potentially that type of lineup um, at some point in this year? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, the Hawks just have so many different guys that they could mess around with that, like, particularly against larger opponents, I could see that kind of configuration. Um, you know, that that power forward slot. There, we the power forward slot on this team is interesting to me. I think that there are more candidates to play at that particular position uh, than any other on the roster. I mean, you have Collins, uh, Hunter can go small ball four. You have Gallo. You yeah. have Jalen. You have rookie Jalen Johnson, who I know we'll talk about at some point later on. Roman Hill. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you could theoretically put uh, you could th- put Jang. As as a four, there. I mean, defensively, probably not, but at least from the floor spacing capacity, if you really want to go twin towers approach. Uh, and, and, and I was going to say Sam reddish in a small, yeah, on some reddish in a small ball, yeah, yeah, like he put on some inches this offseason. I think he's close to six ten now. That's that's what people are saying. I don't think there's any official oh, measurements oh. out there confirming this. Uh, it's just it's disgusting to think about. I, I, so let's not. I'm not going to spread any misinformation there because then the league is absolutely like as of this podcast officially on notice um like that's just not fair <laughs> that's the it's case not. but it's possible um there's a lot of options at that for and there's just a that that's one of the, the big keys for this hawk season they have positional versatility all across the roster trey like you, you like like every guy on this team outside of trey and capella can play multiple positions on the floor Elon Wright can play three positions off that bench for you. Kevin Herter can do it. He can do it. Hunter and Cam, you can throw them anywhere. I mean, this just I'm, – I'm going off here. You can you, – you, No, no, I mean, no. Like, no, because this is going to segue into our conversation because we wanted to talk about lineups, and I know you had a lineup that you want to see. There's so many lineups yeah. that we can throw out on this Hawks team, and as I'm – have the and, I, and fans, I'm a, I have the replay of the Hawks Heat last preseason game on the TV right now in front of me. I'm looking at the lineup right now. We have Delon Wright, Herder, Solomon Hill, Jang, and Reddish on the floor. That's some link. That's some versatility there. That is that is something that the Hawks just did not have. Uh, you know, just two seasons ago. And the luxury that we have all these different players that, that can play multiple roles on this team and are good at their roles and the depth that we have, it's a lot of people are not talking about us. A lot of people are talking about the Bulls and the Nets and all these other teams that they're getting caught up in in preseason. They and like Eminem, they forgot about Dre. They forgot about the Hawks. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be tough to get back to Eastern Conference Finals, but we're going to make a damn good case for it with just the depth and the lineups that we can put out. And that's something that this coaching staff is going to have to work through this offseason. But I know you wanted to, this line, your, what is your favorite lineups? Like dream case scenario, like if it, it can be based on situations. What are some lineups that you just can't wait to see uh, get on the court? Well, I'll start with a really easy one. I'm just excited to see our starting unit of Trey Bogey, Hunter, Collins, and Capella playing just consistent minutes together because that lineup is the best balance of deep 
shot creation, just like, you know, I mean, you, you, I think it might be the most versatile. Like, well, Bogey is the most creative, you know, offensive, just like just generator on the team outside Trey. Like he can really get it done from a lot of different ways. But I love Hunter. Like I love Hunter hunting mismatches. Uh, like he's been proven very effective at driving to the rim when he does that. And the mid-range game that he flashed last year was elite, um, at least in those first 20 games. I mean, he can just. He, he really is, in a lot of ways, the key to this team's success this year. And just, like, he's a ceiling raiser and a floor raiser. Um, but I'm excited to see those guys play a consistent minutes together. The one lineup that I'm really curious to see, though, is some of, is some small ball stuff. John Collins at five and Hunter at the four. Bring Cam Reddish in at the three and then uh, Trey at the one with Bogey or Herter at the two. That lineup, to me, I, that, that could be a scary, scary lineup offensively. Um, with you know Hunter and Reddish on the floor at the same time, being able to pick up perimeter guys and, and people in the paint alike, like that to me, that that could be if we were looking at like you know plus minuses for Hawks lineups at the end of the year, a lineup configuration like that could be like one of the best offensive ones on this team and perhaps in the NBA. I mean. That 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 one, it really just it's the idea of Collins at the five and Hunter at the four more frequently than we got to see last season due to injury and just, uh, you know, a certain a, a, a reluctance to play those guys at the same time at those positions a lot under Pierce. Um, it's just gonna be fascinating to see what Nate McMillan does with a full deck because he he does as, as of right now, minus a Kongu, he has one. And, and I think that the Hawks can really raise their ceiling. Uh playing uh, finding ways to get hunter and cam on the floor together and hunter at the, at that small ball four spot yeah and, that, and that's the potential death lineup you know that the you know these really really good teams have the ability to have put these death lineups out and i'm glad that we have obviously the bodies and the personnel to potentially counteract a death lineup with our own speed interchangeability and scoring with some defense i mean now that's not the, maybe not the greatest defensive lineup but uh, I mean, those death lineups are more generated for offense and not defense. So I can see that lineup going tick for tack with some of the other death lineups that other teams in the league can throw at Atlanta. So it's just a fun luxury to have. And I, I did want to ask a quick question. I saw people saying, well, um, we, we still are not great at protecting the paint. Um, hmm. And I'm just like, OK, it's preseason. It's kind of early to judge that. Are you concerned by that? I mean, we already know Capella, his defensive capability. John Collins has got it better on defense. Uh, Jang is obviously not a slouch on defense. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it, and, you know, Okongu is also a pretty good defender. So they have some good defenders in the paint. But is that still a concern from you? Um, we, we did get a little bit bigger in that regard. Uh, but is that still a concern for you as far as size and the paint and some other teams um, in the East? It's a concern for me so far as in, like, if Capella is out with an injury, uh, then we're probably going to have some problems because he, I mean, there's no real way to underrate it. He he defined our defense last season. I mean, oh, yes. it, it, like, like, Collins improved as a defender, but it was in a lot of ways as, like, a help side defender to what Capella was doing. Just, like, he, the gravity at the, at the rim that he possesses is, I mean, among the best of the NBA. Like, he... He covers up a lot of roster of, of like lineup wide issues in terms of like, you know, guarding point of attack guys getting to the rim. Like his presence is why we have a passable defense. So if Capella's not there, then yeah, 
we're probably going to have some issues. Even though Jang's a good uh, uh, paint defender himself, I do think that Okongwu, when he gets healthy and he's back out there, like what, like he he is got that same defensive like lockdown upside that Capella has, but with a little bit more of being able to uh, guard uh, guard switches a little bit better and guard some of the guys on the perimeter. Like like Okongwu's defensive potential is is really just. Sky's the limit in that capacity. But until he comes back, you, we are going to have to rely a lot on Capella. I mean, so yeah, and, and you know, he's had some injury concerns over the past, in the past. He played a lot last season, probably more than people expected. Um, and I'll say this uh, too, when Okongu comes back, they're definitely, they sh- the Hawks should try and find ways to, to load manage Capella a little bit, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know people that- I agree. That, it's it's a phrase that no one likes to hear, but you gotta be you gotta be smart with this depth that you have. The Hawks are one of the two deepest teams in the NBA, depending on how you feel about Brooklyn and the 2006 All Stars. Like they are, <laughs> like 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 Atlanta has the capacity to to they should load manage with this amount of depth. All right, like Jang as a third string center. That's that's a very that that's that's an embarrassment of riches. The guy like Jalen Johnson, he's probably not going to play a lot this year. But you best be sure he should be getting looks when you uh, rest Danilo Gallinari, who absolutely should be load managed this season. You yeah, know, like there, there's just like you know, no one wants to see trade load man load manage, and he won't be. But it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because you got Delon Wright and you get some Sharif Cooper minutes up there as well like you have depth and that is a weapon and as a weapon you should use that strategically throughout the year and give guys rest when needed um you know like injuries ravaged this team last year there's a lot that the organization is going to have to do to make sure that they protect their core players for the playoff run because that's what it's about now it's not about making the playoffs it's about going deep so you know It'll be interesting. That's another interesting uh, thing to evaluate with how McMillan works with his deck. Like, how does he utilize all of the depth that we have on the roster? Um, yeah, there's a lot and, of ways. And I'm glad that you like said a lot of these things because it just kind of does one. We're going to talk about Sharif Cooper here in a, just a bit. And two, I'm looking at this game right now. The bit I think the Hawks have the potential to have one of the best benches in the NBA, and you no alluded doubt. to that too with just the depth and. Watching this Heat game, Lou Will and Gallo didn't even play. They didn't even play this game. And I'm looking at a lineup, like I said, with Reddish, with Herder, with DeLon Wright, uh, Jang, and Solomon Hill. This is a good lineup that's out here. Like, <laughs> I mean, the, the, I'm not, I, I don't even pick on them. The T Wolves last year would have killed for a lineup like this. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm just, gonna, I'm, just, I'm just being frank. I mean, and then you have Bogey who can be interchangeable it's i just love the possibilities with the depth on this team and you talk about potentially low managing capella i think that's smart especially early in the year uh because with okongu out that's one one guy down and i'm not sure how quickly they're going to throw Jalen johnson to the fire so have to you know play around with those minutes at the five position early until you get all you know your ducks in a row uh, in in that regard mm-hmm. so and, and, and that's smart. And like I said, it, with, you know, pres- preserving Trey Young, maybe in some stretches, DeLon Wright is more than capable of managing managing the offense. Uh, obviously, we've seen Herder ball handle. We've seen Bogey do some ball handling. Uh, Lou Will do some ball handling. And then you talk about Gallo, who, you know, he was extremely healthy last year. I, 
it's hard to re- he is strung together a, a, a good couple years as far as being healthy, but how mm-hmm. long? Uh, Play with fire. <laughs> it, it, how long is that going to happen? Like, yeah. But but still, but still, and that's where Jalen's drafting Jalen Johnson, who I said who could potentially be the replacement uh, for. Gallo, when it's all said and done, uh, once his contract is out and depending on how he progresses. So the Hawks have a lot of riches on this bench. And we're going to I've already talked about Johnson. Let's talk about some of these rookies. Uh, I know a lot. I talked about Shreve Cooper last episode about why he should be on a two way contract, even though he gets in the game. and He's an absolute gamer. You're like, man, we need him on the court. Uh, we, we he might need to be the backup point guard. I, I, I see what people are saying on Twitter. I, I, I see all that. Your Sharif Cooper thoughts, and um, do you agree with my sentiment? I'm like, hey, you know what? Let him have a two-way contract because I think the most important thing for him is reps and not just sitting on the end of a bench and not getting those reps, except in garbage time minutes, which could be two, three, four minutes, depending on the, the score of the game, the situation, you know, that Cooper's put in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, if for those who who don't like the fact that Cooper is on a two-way contract, I can – concede that Cooper is not a two-way contract level player. He is more talented than that designation, you know, usually suggests. Um, to that end, I think that Cooper is the – he. there's a very strong argument that he is the most talented two-way player in the NBA. And if you're a Hawks fan, why are you upset with that notion that you have the most talented two-way player – on your already deep roster of guys. Like, I mean, that just seems like an embarrassment of riches to me. Um, you know, the reality is Cooper fell way farther in the draft than he should have. And to the point where everyone in the NBA, including these teams that passed on him could cop to that. There's like, yeah, he shouldn't have gone that low. And he definitely shouldn't have gone to Atlanta who, you know, like they've, <laughs> they, there's too much talent there as is Cooper, you know, he's, I mean, look, he's, he's supremely fun to watch. It's clear that his passing is NBA level. Like, like you know, the reads that he makes is uh, the reads that he makes are advanced. That everyone, you know, people people thought that he might have thrown that lob to Collins where he just destroyed Jared Allen's life in the preseason a little too high. To me, ah, that that looked like perfect placement to me. There ain't no one on the floor that could have grabbed that but Collins, and and Cooper got it right to him. Like the passing instincts are elite, but this is a team with title aspirations. Typically, teams that contend for titles don't rely on rookies too much to get there. Delon Wright's a vet, and he's he's been around multiple teams. He's a good defender, and he's a capable ball handler. He made he always made more sense to be to fill that backup point guard role. I was under no illusions that Cooper was going to go into the NBA the Hawks season as the primary backup point guard. The Hawks never even planned for him to be a part of their plans. Yeah. Um, and, and I agree. I, I yeah. 100% agree. So, yeah, let him get his reps in, in, in College Park. He's going to play more there than he would in the NBA, and he will see NBA minutes almost assuredly. I mean, we saw Skylar Mays and Nathan Knight play plenty last season. Um, yeah. Granted, that was because of <laughs> a, 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 a lot of injuries. But, I mean, those guys got opportunities. They, those guys flashed their talent. Cooper is a better player than both of those guys. So. I have no doubt that he is eventually going to find some semblance of playing time. And again, it, I'm not suggesting that Trey Young gets load managed at all. And I, I doubt that that happens. But 
If it does, it could be to give Cooper some time at the point. It could be some, you know, like he he is a, he's a high powered, high potential insurance policy on this team, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, and for all we know, this time next year, when Gallinari is going goes from a partial, a fully guaranteed contract to a partially guaranteed contract, I believe Dion Wright will be a, a free agent ne- after this offseason as well. Um, maybe you see the rooks jump into rotation roles like there ain't nothing wrong with that either give him a year under give him a year and then have him ascend into these roles later on i definitely feel that way about jalen johnson i think that's very likely going to happen with him who i mean that guy is an nba player too <laughs> you know everyone sharif cooper gets a lot of a lot of hype for being the hometown kid because he can absolutely throw a beautiful picturesque dime to anyone on the floor but jalen johnson kind of can do that too I, I, one of my favorite plays of the preseason was watching him. Uh, I don't even think, I think that they called a foul on the play, but he, he just did that thing that, that skill that everyone's identified with him as being a unique one on this Hawks roster, the grab the rebound and make a play in transition from your forward spot. What a weapon that could be. Uh, just, I mean, like, you know, just like he, I think he threw a full court pass to, it was a reddish on the other end. I mean, just perfect placement, perfect instincts. Like he, that guy, he's a freak athlete, and he has a skill set that no one else on this team has from the forward spot. And that's just, I mean, I think by, by virtue of that alone, he'll find some playing time this season. Yeah, both both of the draft draftees this year are, have a really bright future with this team. And this team has a bright future. And um, the next two and the last two things we're going to talk about are two players that are trying to figure out if they're going to be part of the future. And uh, we talked about this before the uh, we we started the show, um, Herder, who could have a contract extension, um, but, you know, they're still in negotiation. And as far as him in the future, this Hawks team, where do you see this going? Where do you hope it goes? Because I personally love Kevin Herder. I like what I've been seeing. I love his improvement on defense. I like his size. I like he's a three-level scorer. He can ball handle. There's so many things about Herder that I like. And his stock is rising around the league. Mm-hmm. So if we don't sign him, somebody is going to get Herder and they're going to really be happy that they signed him. So I want to get your take on Herder. Well, I think that the league is wise to what kind of player Herder can be because, I mean, this man was – he was, he he really evolved in the playoffs. Um, like he really – like like you mentioned, like the defensive stuff that he's flashed in the past, he, he was – amazing defensively in the playoffs relative to what we've seen from Herder in the past. Like he took a step up there. The shot making was impressive. The playmaking was impressive. Like he's a gamer. Um, and he is got a lot of interest around the league right now. And the Hawks would be wise to sign, to lock him up before he can hit restricted free agency where teams will almost certainly try and throw some offers out there to handicap the Hawks or hamstring the Hawks and, also just get a, a really good promising young player like Herder on their team. But I mean, here's the thing. Herder's stock right now is the highest it's ever been. And yeah. his age, he knows that his agents know that and the Hawks know that. Uh, so like, I'm not surprised at all that there hasn't been an extension yet it, it, for an extension to have happened would be very team friendly. I, I think Herder stands to make a lot more money getting to free agency next season. And frankly, that that's his, and I think that, I mean, it just makes sense. Um, you know, everyone, a lot's been made about the Hawks 
trying to figure out the long-term cap ramifications of having all this young talent on the team. Herter has proven himself to be a really important piece for what we do, though, and I, I think that he should be a priority in retaining. Just, I mean, he is he is the ideal type of two guard for a Trey Young team. Uh, I mean, he, he in, in growing alongside Trey throughout his career, he Herter has turned himself into a multi-tooled, multi-faceted player that just complements Trey and plenty of others on the floor. Like he's he's a he's a glue guy in a lot of ways. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I my, my guess is that he does not get an extension and goes into free agency next year, restricted free agency. So the Hawks can match. And they probably will match anything that he gets. But of course, once that domino falls, then things get dicey with the Cam Reddish part of this. Who? Yep, and that is the next person <laughs> we were going yeah. to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, well, you go. Well, I mean, so let's set it up. Like, like you know, let the Cam Reddish angle here. I mean, that, there's nobody on this roster who has more question marks than Cam Reddish. Uh, highest, you know, range, wildest range of possibilities for what he can be and what he is. Um, an inconsistent career, but flashes of greatness. And that is a very hard place to be when negotiating for a new contract <laughs> for both sides of things. I mean, oh, it's, it, it, yeah. it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. I mean, and I talked about this on Twitter because. It was a tweet that I saw where they just said, like, Cam Reddish, he just looks like he's, I mean, and he's so good in his preseason. He looks healthy, but they said that he's pressing, he's looking to prove himself. And this is from Jock's Pearl Necklace, Hawks fan, at Hawks fan 3344. Uh, he looks he like shout he's out. pressing. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, he, he's pressing, looks looking to prove himself, not looking to pass. It sucks. He said, I get it. He's young. He's been told he's the future his whole life. And he just wants to prove it. He said, I'm afraid he's not long. He's basically not a long term option for the Hawks. And I kind of said, I kind of agree with your sentiments. He knows that this is an important year for him with the injuries and the constant trade rumors around his time here in Atlanta. He's trying to showcase his skills. He's going to get the opportunities this year, barring health. But I would love to see him play more in the offense than pressing. So maybe it would make him a little bit more relaxed because. There's a lot of pressure on him, like in mm-hmm. trying to figure out if he's going to be here in Atlanta. And I said this a few podcasts I, by the end of the season, I would love for him to play 64 to 66 games this year. So then at the end of the year, we can say Cam Reddish is blank. We can answer definitively who Cam Reddish is instead of all these question marks and possibilities. And I'm glad like, I'm glad he's healthy. He looks confident. He's trying to get a rhythm. He's, he's taking being aggressive and taking his shots here in preseason. But once the regular season comes, and he's going to get opportunities coming off the bench, but I'm just very curious to see if he's going to put too much pressure where that inconsistency continues, or is the pressure going to help him rise up to the occasion and prove that, hey, we need to keep him here long term, because I see this is a situation in a year where players like Herter, players like uh, Reddish, obviously we're talking about, even players like Bogey are kind of in a, hey, we're trying to see who's going to be here long term, who's going to fit. All you guys are valuable as far as trade goes. And 
we can potentially package one or two of you with someone else or draft picks and maybe get a star here uh, to go alongside Trey Young and the rest of the cast. So this is a very important year as far as some of these players to say definitively trying to carve out their spot in in Atlanta's long term plans. And Mm -hmm. am I crazy to say that or is that kind of the reality of where we're at? We have such an embarrassment of riches and talent and so much depth. But we could package that and get another star to really take this team to the next level and get us over the hump potentially. Yeah, I mean, look, of course that's in play, and and, and frankly, you know, permitting that the that the, the the league's salary cap doesn't rise at the opportune time for the Hawks to cash in and sign all of their young guys to extensions, you have no choice but to consolidate like, just to consolidate your assets. And yeah, these are these are players, these are people. Uh, but they, but like everyone knows the business side of things. They, they all know that there's that that possibility exists out there. That they are valued across the league as desirable players in their own right. Which you know, I think of course a, a star a, a trade for a star is in play and is certainly something that could happen. It's not a, a guarantee, particularly this season though, because um, I I think what's so what's so admirable about this team right now is that. The vibe that you get, you get the sense from across the locker room is that they are contenders and they all want to compete at the highest level. Like it, it, there's, there's something to be said about having this much talent on your roster and having everyone bought in. And for Cam, who has a lot riding on his ability to, you know, play consistent rotation minutes in the NBA and, show the league that like hey i'm i deserve to get paid just as much as my guy deandre or just as much as kevin maybe like you know like he he knows all of that but from everything i can tell reddish is a, a consummate professional uh he wants to pl- he 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 wants to play in his role and he wants to I mean, presumably exceed it and i think that that's something that's evident across the roster all of these guys are bought in yeah. and whether whatever happens after the season, I mean, that, once we get past this year, we will have there. There might have to be a shakeup, um, and certainly if things go south, say in I don't know Minnesota, where things have a tendency to go south, and Carl Anthony Towns all of a sudden's on the table, well then yeah, I think the Hawks have no choice but to get involved in some capacity in those trade conversations. Um, I would imagine, but I don't think that's the mentality right now. I know that Reddish is potentially still a possible trade candidate, but the Hawks this year have no need. They don't need to rush anything. They have a deep roster, guys who are bought in. If they need to make a trade, you can still do that this offseason. Um, I think that they're going to ride with who they have, uh, unless, yeah. unless you know, Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> suddenly becomes available. Um, I keep throwing yeah, I that out specifically. Yeah, I 100% agree. There's no need to rush this. Like I said, we're just going to just, um, in the words of Little Wayne, uh, let it all work out. We're gonna we're gonna let it all work out. We're going to see, you know, who we have. We're gonna let these players play it out, and then uh, if things do go south and there's something at trade deadline, I mean, it could get interesting. But if not, hey, we, we have the next off season. We get to see where this team goes. Really sit back and evaluate things and make the moves accordingly. And we've seen that this franchise time in, time out, uh, through free agency, through the draft, uh, through their contract signings uh, under Travis Schlenk and management, 
that they have made the right decisions up to this point. And I don't see them not making the right decision um, regardless of what direction they go. So it's just it's a it's a great spot to be in, but also a tough spot to be in. But at least they have a season to just let them play. Uh, let's they're all motivated. They're all bought in. And let's, you know, try to make another run at this thing. And so that's what that's I'm really excited that. We're, we're relatively healthy going into, you know, the season opener. Again, on Thursday here in Atlanta, State Farm Arena, TNT, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks are in town. I cannot Ooh, yeah. wait for that. I can't wait. I cannot wait. We lost twice to this Dallas Mavericks team last year when we arguably should have beat them twice. I say definitely the game in Dallas, we could have beat them uh, when, Bo, uh, when Gallo missed that game winner. Potential yeah. game winner or game time shot, I can't remember. And yeah. then um, when Dallas went crazy down the stretch in the fourth quarter and ended up beating the Hawks um, here in Atlanta, I think both of those games were under uh, Lloyd Pierce. So yes. this is going to be the first time that they get to see a Nick McMillan coached Atlanta Hawks team. And I know I have some Mavs friend out there talking some smack about the game. And I know you guys are confident and, you know, your boy Jason Kidd out here looking like he giving fades on the side on top of uh, calling up plays uh, in that team picture. But, you know, well, you know who we rolling with down here. We rolling with the A, we rolling with the Hawks. And I just am just excited for the energy in that arena, even though it's a regular season game. There's a lot of excitement here in Atlanta for this Hawks team. And I I know I'm going to let you speak more about that being, you know, a longer resident of Atlanta than me. Well, I mean, like this has potential to be the hot, the most energy for a a Hawks regular season game in quite some time. Um, In fact, you know, Trey Young in Luca's rookie season, the Hawks home opener was against the Mavs um, and the Hawks won that game. Um, You know, just, that doesn't mean anything about <laughs> what's going to happen this upcoming Thursday, but just want to throw that out there. Um, I, I got to go to that game. It was very, very fortunate and incredibly exciting. Like the energy in that stadium at just this idea, it just like, you know, watching these two future superstars and Trey and Luca duel. Um, it's, we're going to get that energy again on Thursday, but with the added, with the additive in, in that, like these guys over here, they are like our, there are real there 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 are rivals in like the way that like um, Memphis 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 is a, another rival in that Memphis, same way that I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like but but not like rivals like we hate these guys. Rivals just like hey, we're coming up at the same time. Like I, like game like you know we see you, we're competing. Um, I you know the, the animosity. I, frankly, I don't think there's a whole lot anymore for the majority of Mavs and Hawks fans because both sides won out in that tra- in that draft night trade. Um, you know, and, 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 before, and before you talk more about and, and like to, to kind of play on that, I, I still have the game up. Yeah. Trey Young just looked fantastic in that last preseason game, you know, just him scoring, picking his spots, but getting everybody involved. Oh, yeah. It, it was just, a, it, it, I love seeing, I mean, obviously we knew he was going to do it, but I just, I will, it just makes me even more excited. And yes, both teams won the trade and, and rightfully so. Yeah. But I'll let you get back to your point. Cause I'm just looking at some of these plays he made on uh, last Thursday. I'm like, good gracious. Like, I'm glad he's healthy. I'm glad he's back. I mean, there's no real point I'm making other than like, you know, Hey, 
I'm <laughs> I'm pumped for Thursday night and watching you know the Hawks bring out the re- bring out the regular season in style like they're a part. It's just gonna be so fun to watch the Hawks being a part of the national media like landscape. Like you know they they're not getting a whole lot of talk right now, but they're a part of the opening night lineup. We have a Christmas Day game for the first time in my life. <laughs> it's like you know yeah. Uh, like, um, you know, that, there's so many games that you pencil in this year. Like, here's the thing. In years past, if you're a Hawks fan and you're penciling games that you wanted to watch or go to, almost always it was a factor of who was on the other side. Yep. That is not the case. Every game is a game that's worth going to because everyone wants to watch these guys play. And the games that you pencil in because of the other guys, because of the guys on the other side of the ball, um, like you know, they're 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 heightened games, right? Like, like this year, like you know, I, I'm hyped for Dallas in Atlanta, but you know what regular season game I am the most excited for? It is that first rematch against Philadelphia. In yep, yep. That you, is going you're, you're to be a like raucous environment. That, I'm getting tickets Halloween. to that game. I'm wearing my John right? Collins Baptist shirt to that game because those guys, those are the animosity rivals. There is no love for Philly in Atlanta. And certainly not this Philadelphia 76ers team. And I, I think it's just there's not been in my life any sort of team with this level of chippiness and in, in animosity towards the that Sixers squad. Like this is that's exciting. I can, in its ar- own. I can, ar- I can argue the Knicks. I can argue well, the, the Knicks. Knicks. The Knicks is more like it, that's Trey Young and New Yorkers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 no one. Like, the Knicks are gonna come here, and people aren't gonna be yelling like, you know, hey, you suck, Alec Burks. Like, no, no one cares like that. Like, you know, it's like the Sixers. They're <laughs> like, like the booze that Joel Embiid's going to get in that building will be louder than any other player all season long. Especially with that uh, that awesome article written by Chris Kirshner the other day, detailing yeah. the history. Uh, like where this all kind of started, like years ago, where Embiid just trash talking the Hawks when we were pitiful, um, and it apparent with John Collins knowing that John Collins was listening on the phone as he was going in on them, and then for and then obviously we have returned the favor uh, from that day quite impactfully. Um, you know, it's just there's just so much to be excited for. I am excited for those Knicks games uh, in Atlanta, but I mean, yeah, watching Trey young on Christmas in New York, it's going to be an experience too. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to look forward to uh, for this season for the Hawks. And uh, it, it tips off. It's only a few days away. I am just so excited uh, for this Hawks team, for this podcast, where it's going to go as we continue to follow this team. And I'm excited. Thunder for my friend Alan, who's got a whole bunch going on at Hoopball. Alan, I want to thank you for coming on today. Tell my listeners all that you got going on. And listeners, y'all better support this man because we both going up to the penthouse. Uh, we're going to be there together. And I want y'all to be at, up there partying with us. Um, wear masks, social distance. But uh, of course, yeah. We'll Alan, tell my listeners what all you got going on here at Hoopball. Well, it's apparently a party over on my end of things. I am, uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. A lot, Brad. Um, I have been take. I, I basically have taken over the Hoopball YouTube page. It's a channel that has mostly just kind of been a podcast feed for the last couple of years, but we've been adding original content on that channel all off season long. I mean, if you're listening to this and you have a fantasy basketball draft, well, I guess it would have to be today if you're listening on Monday, because uh, it's probably your last chance to do it. Go check out the channel. I have playlists of all the stuff that we've done, strategy videos, live mock drafts, 
Um, I have videos out there about my top sleeper picks for fantasy basketball busts, steals, like really just a ton of work in, uh, uh, has gone into that. And I'm really excited to continue that into the regular season. Um, so yeah, check out youtube.com slash hoop ball. Um, I also have a new podcast uh, with Adam King, one of the editors of the site show Sroki and the King. It is a weekly podcast where we hit on NBA news, do a little fantasy basketball talk and do live Q and A's every Sunday. Um, that will be dropping 4 PM Eastern time. So uh, every Sunday. So yeah, uh, that a lot going on these days, Brad, you and I definitely need to link up on that too. Uh, you were on our, uh, our live draft coverage back in July. Um, and you were, which by the way, you were fantastic given out saucy takes and good commentary. Like you are, you were definitely, uh, you, you were a key critical addition for that show. I hope to get you on some videos this season. Oh yeah. I'm going to make sure my line is crisp. Uh, shout out to my barber, Mo. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to make sure I am fresh for those videos because I'll do whatever it takes to support you, um, as you continue to support, uh, obviously hoop ball Hawks here. Um, so Guys, y'all heard Alan. Y'all check him out. Support our ventures going on at Hoop Ball. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a great review. Share it. Get everybody on the bandwagon for the Hawks season starts on Thursday night. Share this episode with as many people as possible because come Thursday, we are going to continue to hit it hard for all 82 games and covering this Hawks team through and through throughout the 2021-2022 NBA regular season. The hottest new podcast covering Atlanta Hawks shared with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans, ceiling fans. It does not matter. Basketball enthusiasts, everybody needs to hear this podcast. So follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. And follow myself, Brad Jarrett, 67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. Hit me up to talk Hawks, NBA. As you know, I can talk football and talk baseball, too. Hit your boy up on Twitter. I love having some conversations. We've been waiting all week for Thursday night. Not to take from you, Carrie uh, Carrie Underwood, but we are ready for Thursday night. Y'all better not be watching no Cleveland Cavaliers and Denver Broncos Thursday night football game. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. You need to be watching the Hawks. And we will catch y'all later this week. And I love and appreciate all y'all's support. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.